Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Accessible Technology Podcast, hosted by me, Now, If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is basically a podcast all about what everyday technologies are accessible for disabled people, as well as covering what technologies are less accessible if you have a disability and where you can also get details on how your company can continue making technology more accessible if that is something you are into. If you want to know where my interest in accessible technology comes from. I've basically had that interest for quite a number of years because I am paralysed from the neck down and that basically means that my only bit of movement is my head. So if you are a disabled person who is also interested in technology or you are a family member or friend of someone who is, please make sure to follow and to share the podcast if you are enjoying what I cover. The podcast is now available to listen to if you search for the Accessible Technology Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible and Spotify. So please check it out if you would like to keep on following what's coming up in the next episode. However, if you'd like to support the podcast and the content I produce in other ways, you can also support it by going over to the Thieves now buy me a coffee it's where you will be able to find exclusive episodes that aren't part of the podcast as well as checking out other products so please consider checking it out in this episode we're going to be hearing my thoughts on accessibility options that developers should include in their games and technology, which was first uploaded to the YouTube channel in December 2020. Back when Boris and his mates were throwing Christmas parties, when none of the rest of us were able to have them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that all the rules would have been followed at all times. I don't think there's anything there. We had events uh, the whole time. We had events for, for Hanukkah. We turned the Christmas lights on. We did all sorts of things in, in number 10 uh, and in accordance with the rules as, as you would expect. Why don't you just make this story go away and tell us what happened? Because I've... I've... I've just seen reports on Twitter that there was a Downing Street Christmas party on Friday night. Do you recognise those reports? I went home. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Um, uh, uh, what's the answer? 
Captain. And the little question looks like this. The picture shows uh, this gathering and appears to show multiple bottles of alcohol in the bottom right hand corner of the, the photograph. Would you say that that is strictly necessary for, for a work event? Only for the then Prime Minister to react like this. It's, it's customary to uh, say farewell to people in this country with a, a toast. Uh, I didn't see any sign of, of drunkenness or, or, or excess and uh, had no knowledge of, I, I don't know why uh, anybody would have been fined for that event. I don't know what, what happened later on. But here's a couple of additional notes about the accessible technology and gaming devices explored in this episode and about the history of accessible technology and gaming and where the rights for that has come into force. So accessibility in general has been growing bigger since the passing of the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990, the few in America, but also since the passing of the Disability Discrimination Act in 1995 which led to many areas of society adopting accessibility into their platforms, including technology companies. In 1995, Microsoft released Windows 95, which was the first time they included built-in accessibility features instead of as an add-on. And in 1996, Works created PW WebSpeak, which was the first time a browser that could translate speech into text was released. Then in the last two years of the 20th century, Developers were told to make their websites more accessible. This led into the year 2000 when Microsoft launched yet another OS software update very creatively called Microsoft Windows 2000. Just as creative as some of the names in my family are. We type to personal models there. But what this update was also the first to include was an on-screen keyboard option which made it more accessible for people who couldn't use their hands. Tech and gaming has of course changed more in the last 23 years beyond this and become more accessible in ways that we didn't expect. But it will mean going through a lot of other things you're going to hear in this episode again. So I'm not just going to go through it. But anyway, 
How did I go on through all of that? Let's jump into the episode. Assistive and adaptive technologies have come a long way since the early 2000s when you would only meet a few people who would talk to you about accessibility and technology. Despite the recent launch of Cyberpunk 2077 causing a war with them not including many accessibility options and also including flashing lights with no option to turn them off as of present. Accessibility on the whole across tech and gaming is a lot better than it was and this is what I'm going to think about while I go through this. So starting us off at number one in the accessibility with technology section, we have including some accessibility options during the initial setup of a device. So I've got a 15-inch MacBook Pro, which I've had for so going into accessibility here which is the reperson icon if I go down here and into keyboard you have sticky keys and slow keys sticky keys basically means that I can operate keyboard shortcuts by just using one button at a time instead of using holding down two buttons at a time so basically like just holding down command and space and then just get that out there so if I then go back and go down to trackpad settings i have my my trackpad set up as just a normal tap to click but instead of the secondary click with two fingers i have my secondary click set to click in the bottom right corner this is what I spent the best part of four years trying to get because I couldn't hold down my two fingers at the one time and so clicking the bottom right corner works a lot easier. Some disabled people aren't that tech savvy and some of us would like to work things out for ourselves maybe a wee bit earlier in the process of getting a, a new laptop and setting it up. So what I would prefer would be for if some accessibility options could 
involved into the initial setup of all computers, not just the math ones, because even if it was just keyboard and voice slash pad settings, it would be nice for everything to work as soon as the computer is ready to be used. Coming in at number two, we have alignment options for apps and websites. As screens get bigger and bigger, it gets even more difficult for physically disabled people to reach up and tap the top of a device. I've said before how I do everything with my head and as hard as everything used to be, I don't think it's as difficult now for me to stretch on rather than trying to tap something on my phone and iPad, even with the iPad being a bigger screen. Much because I use a bigger stylus now for both of them. But what I mean when I say alignment options for websites and apps is that it would be nice to have a setting which could let you choose if you would like content options to be aligned to the top of a device, to the side of it, or to the bottom, depending on what would be easier for you to reach. And I would even like to be able to select more than one option, which basically what I mean is that if I could select a option for search bar and if I could select another option for where content is so that would even be for many of the news and media apps. I find that this could really help me because I also have a in my neck goes into this side of my shoulder and this would let me not feel as much strain if I was able to select an option where I would choose an area that I want options to be aligned to just because it would be easier for me. And now coming in at number three we have remapping touch bars. So in 2016, Apple added a new feature into their MacBook laptops, which is basically that all laptops from that one onwards would have a touch bar at your 
of both the keyboard since mine is a 2015 generation of the both mine doesn't have this but nonetheless the touch bar is located above the keyboard which would be pretty inaccessible to me anyway so what I think would it's easier to be if I could remap the touch something instead of above the keyboard to maybe under the keyboard or under the trackpad. But I'm not sure if that's something helpful to do. Maybe it's something for them to think about. But now that I've come the end of the accessibility with technology section. We're moving on to accessibility in gaming. At point number one in the accessibility with gaming section, we have toggle sensitive mode and toggle options included by default. So with this point, I'm obviously thinking about the recent uproar with Cyberpunk 2077 but I'll try to talk about it just like this and hopefully it sounds respectful enough about me really losing my temper. We already have colour blindness mode blindness mode and other subtitle settings in I think every game at the minute and if they're not in every game let's face it guys they're in quite a lot of them we also have adaptive controls and there are other games let's allow you to turn flashing lights off so why was a game allowed to be released when it could cause seizures i don't have epilepsy myself however have no people who do. So what I'm saying is I think this should be a warning to a large percentage of the games industry and I think it should prove as a lesson to CD Project Red but if there's anything they can do to make all of this better, then put in a photosensitive mode, put in a non-flashing lights mode. However, thinking about the accessibility options they haven't added at the minute because I have seen the accessibility options that they include on a couple of websites 
and also thinking from the perspective of my own disability as well. As someone who has more problems with the controls because I can't reach the front of the because I can use the front of the controller but can't use the back. I also think it would be good for them to add in toggle options and I think especially pseudo games should have Virtual reality often shown to VR makes you the character in a video game by requiring you to wear a headset. The one I have is for my phone and by in temple and basically putting you into the game with the headset on. Not the same as augmented reality or AR, which is an interactive experience combining a real world environment with what you see digitally and letting you put digital objects into it or play with a part of a digital object. Most of the virtual reality games you get are controlled by using a controller, but there are also ones you can get when you operate them by looking, as well as ones which you operate by making sounds. However, disabled people have long had a complicated relationship with VR games, similar to how we felt about the Nintendo Wii in the past and how we feel about the Nintendo Switch. While the ideal situation would be for you to see part of the real world while you have the headset on, or for there to be an adaptive controller, we have to understand that something like that takes years of planning and would also cost money. So thinking of an option that should be cheap, I think a setting should be added which gives you the choice between whether you control your games by using a controller or if you do it by looking. AR games, however, do seem easier to operate and I specifically loved Minecraft Earth. But what would make me feel safer would be if there was a safety mode in settings which could tell me if a car is approaching or if I'm approaching a road. And finally at number three, and as the last accessibility option I'm going to be looking at tonight, we have automatic braking for racing games. Earlier in this year, I was loaned some gaming equipment to try out by special effects. 
after I was in touch with them and the mom the bits of equipment I was sent was collapsed I did a vlog on what was I thought of that as my second experiment with the captive gaming video. As I said in that video, I don't think the problem is as much with latching buttons as it is with just racing games. What I mean by that is I find it very difficult to pick accelerate off and then reach for my brake button because I did all that with my adaptive controller and so but I would like an automatic brake option to then do would be just for when I hit accelerate off for it automatically to just go into breaking. But now that I finished going through everything, let me ask, do you remember having tech that worked in similar ways to everything you've heard in this? What did you think about all of them if you did? Has it surprised you how long tech has and is taken to become even more accessible or not? As you may have noticed, some of the tech mentioned in the episode has changed in the last few years and it is good that we're seeing change such as the accessibility features appearing as soon as you go to set up your new Mac and also with games such as Dirt 5 and Forza Horizon 5 including better accessibility options that you can map to whatever options you want when playing the games but yeah it isn't all tech in the modern world that can apply to that. If you would like to pass on your thoughts, you can include them in a review wherever you're listening to this on, as well as via my contact pages over on my Feedstyle Tech Review site, which can be found by searching for www.pltechreviews.co.uk or on my other website, phoebelau.com. If you are interested in watching the other videos that I have done on accessible technology before, you can find more of them by searching for PL Tech Reviews on YouTube and subscribing to the channel. And if you would also like to see a couple of my accessible tourism reviews, as well as my film, TV, theatre reviews and political videos, you can find those by searching for Feebsal Journalism on YouTube and subscribing to it. However, 
if you would also like a podcast version of everything that is covered in freestyle journalism, if you don't have time to watch any of the videos, you can find an equivalent by searching for the Freepslau podcast, by searching for it on all of the same destinations as you can listen to this podcast, as that is where you'll be able to find everything that is covered on the channel and podcast forum. There's some breaking tech news also stuck in there as well. And of course, there is also the uh, Buy Me A Coffee page. The next few episodes are going to be carrying on from everything that I've been covering in the last week as we get to the rest and to the end of my six Disability History Month episodes. With the next one being about rare accessible and assistive texts within the law. And then we'll be moving on to the last one, which is on disability representation and video games. If you would like to support me on my socials, you can do so by searching for HatFeebsLow on Twitter and by searching for the real Feebslow on Instagram on your windows or follow. And you can also support the Feebslow Tech Review site as well if you have a WordPress account by basically searching for it and following it. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye!